Hello, and welcome to Let's Talk Networks, your weekly podcast on all things related to business networks and alumni communities. In this episode, I'll go through the community lifecycle framework to help you identify what stage your community is at, and also provide critical tasks and activities that you as a community manager need to do at each lifecycle stage to realise the potential of your alumni community. The lifecycle framework provides a useful roadmap for developing any successful alumni community. I am your host, Martine Davies, and I'm passionate about developing networks that create value for the individuals in the network, your people, past, present and future, and provide real results in terms of return on investment for your organisation. So today I want to share the theory behind how communities develop. This is important for anyone managing or involved in community development, including corporate alumni networks. It's important because most community managers or facilitators don't necessarily have a strategic roadmap which helps them to manage a successful community network. As a result, and what I tend to see, is that communities or networks are maintained as opposed to being developed and progressed. We also tend to see reactive alumni management of the community as opposed to proactive management. So what's the reason for this? In my experience, the vast majority of community management strategies are lacking in two key elements, theory and data. Being able to use theory, apply the data you have captured against the theory can help you develop your communities proactively. It's really helpful to understand the theory and today we're going to focus on the community lifecycle framework. Both online and offline communities develop in a similar way, usually along a fixed path. They start small and steadily grow. In fact, any large or big community you see today started small. In 2009, Alicia Iriberi and Gondi Leroy published an academic research paper on the life cycle of online community success. Richard Millington of Feverbee used the academic perspective and turned this into a framework which is easy to follow and use, and it includes different metrics and tasks for you as a community manager to focus on at each stage. We'll be exploring Millington's community life cycle as the basis for this podcast episode, but I'll also be adding my own experience and sharing the knowledge I have learned over the last 15 or so years. So the community life cycle has five key stages. Stage one, conceptualization, which I refer to as planning or purpose. Stage two, inception. This is when we begin interacting with our audience and launch our community. Stage three, establishment. This is when we are looking at a community that is generating activity and content, where critical mass within the community has been reached. Stage four, maturity. This is when approximately 90% of your activity and discussions within the community are peer-led, so they're led by your alumni. And finally, stage five, Mitosis or segmentation. This is when you have reached critical mass within your community. It's a highly engaged community with a huge amount of sense of community instilled. And your alumni is breaking off into sub-communities or sub-segments around particular themes or topics. At each stage, there will be different priorities for you as a community manager. And your community members will also have different needs. 
The great thing about this life cycle framework is it's easy to follow and is a great roadmap to follow to keep you on track. In my experience, it's also possible to go back and refresh building your community using this framework. What I mean by this is that you can always take a step back, reflect and assess your alumni community, including the goals and strategies you have planned in context of the growth of your community. So let me ask you a question. Have you tried to engage your alumni community with content and events only to check in on your posts and you might have some likes but no comments or worse still have no engagement at all? So you try new ideas, you try new tactics in the hope that one of them will stick so you can move forward. This happens time and time again. Think about the social media groups that you may have joined with little to no engagement. I personally am definitely part of groups or communities that have the potential to be great, but in reality the potential hasn't been realised. If you understand the stages of the community lifecycle framework, you can strategically match your objectives and goals with the growth sequence of your community. Using the right strategies and tactics at the right time will help you to proactively build and develop the community to maximise engagement and growth. Let's look at each stage and the strategies and tactics you need to take. Stage 1. Planning and Purpose In this stage, you'll want to focus on the purpose of your alumni community. What are your goals and objectives? It is critical you understand your stakeholders, their needs and their outcomes. Knowing the needs of your stakeholders will provide you with your whys and your whats. And you can use these to develop the backbone for your community and use these to also develop your action plans. So in this stage, you'll be developing your why. You'll be uncovering the needs of your stakeholders, and this could be your organisation's needs, your needs of your alumni, and so forth. From here, you can develop your strategies, your what's, your implementation, and your action plans. Planning is critical, and it's really important during this stage you bring in both internal and external stakeholders to build buy-in and support for the community network. You'll also need to think about your tech solutions and processes, and any integrations with other software. You'll also want to build out your operational support structure and processes. This will also include your overall community management plans, your activation, content, communications, activities and so forth. Ideally, it would be great if you're ready to launch with a solid three-month communication plan in place. And obviously, this is only a plan and will be a living document, but it's great to have something to follow and amend as you go through each stage. If you're implementing an online community platform, I thoroughly recommend you build out your goals, objectives, and really understand the needs of your potential community members and your alumni member journey first because this will affect the type of platform you may choose and the functionality you may need this platform to have. So in this planning or purpose stage, you want to make sure you've confirmed your goals and objectives, technical needs and processes, internal and external champions, and your community management plans. So once you've done all your planning and you're really excited, so you're soon to launch, you've got lots of great ideas on how the community will develop, This is the stage when you start to communicate. So stage two is inception. You're going to communicate and engage your alumni audience. According to Millington, the objective of this stage is to achieve critical mass in your community. 
Your focus initially in this stage is to build a small group of highly active, engaged alumni. This is the group that will become the foundation on which you can build upon to develop your community. You may be tempted, as many others are, to go for a big bang launch and focus on as many alumni as possible. But this isn't advisable, and if we look across history, big community launches don't necessarily lead to successful, sustainable, long-term communities. And in part, this is because you're not building the group of highly engaged alumni you need to. So inception as a stage can take up to nine months or so. And your role as the community manager or a community team member is focused on doing a small number of highly engaged micro-level activities several times over. So the key activities in this stage are, one, inviting alumni to join the community. But this is about directly inviting alumni you know and sending personal invitations because this is the most reliable source of early community growth. The alumni you've built relationships with during your planning phase to build support for the alumni community should receive the first invitations. These alumni may well have supported user acceptance testing of your online community platform, or they are alumni you already have a solid relationship with. The next task you'll focus on is creating engagement opportunities, such as initiating discussions on topics that are relevant. You should have planned these out in the previous stage. But what's important here is that you'll also need to prompt alumni to participate in these discussions. And this can be very manual. You're going to be reaching out to individual members and prompting or encouraging them to share their opinions and build their confidence that their opinions will be valued. You'll find in this stage that you'll be initiating most of the discussions. You'll be doing this to create the right community behaviours and to get alumni members into a habit of regularly visiting the community platform to see responses to their own posts or comments. It takes time to build habits, and whilst automated reminders can be helpful to prompt alumni to return to the platform to participate, this is not going to be enough. Effort and time needs to be put into individual prompts and suggestions from you. Whilst you're doing this though, remember you're investing time and effort in not only gaining traction and engagement, but building relationships with your alumni. You can ask them to share their opinions and you can use this opportunity to find out where you can help or what topics or thematic areas are of most interest to them. And this helps you to better understand your audience, gain feedback and set direction for future activity and content. Over time, you should start to see alumni sharing content directly, asking other alumni for feedback or opinions and seeing more peer-led development of the community. Alumni will also start replying responding to peer-led discussions. This is a really encouraging sign and one that will help guide you into the next stage. So as your alumni start to lead on discussions and engagement, you're moving into the establishment phase. You should still continue with the same micro-level activities, so you'll continue to invite alumni to join the community, encouraging discussions and encouraging members to participate and share their views and opinions, as well as to continue to build relationships with individual members. This establishment stage begins as you begin to tip the balance and your alumni community has reached critical mass. This tipping point is when your alumni are generating approximately 50% of the content, discussion and activity. 
If you don't get to this point, and if you find that alumni are not initiating discussions or other activities without you prompting them, or if they are not recommending the community to other alumni they know in their networks, this is a sign that there is something wrong. Either your alumni aren't interested in the topics or discussions, or there is an issue with the tactics you are using. You may need to test different approaches until you find the ones that work for your alumni community. And it's definitely worth going back and evaluating your style of communications, tone, and so forth. It could be something as simple as your messages being too long or too formal, or not formal enough. It's really about getting the balance right for your alumni community, and this will be different for every community. If your alumni community is at the tipping point, then the tasks and activities you will be doing will shift. Instead of being focused on the micro-level activity, your role as a community manager or community team member will broaden out and you can start looking at the wider community as opposed to individual alumni members. Your objective in this stage is to increase alumni member growth and activity. You're building it with a focus on long-term sustainability. So for example, you may start encouraging referral or promotional growth where your alumni invite a friend or you're developing promotional materials to be shared more broadly on social media. Running relevant events or activities that meet the needs of a larger group of alumni may be one route you take. You want alumni to feel part of the community, to feel like they have ownership of their community, so it's definitely worth involving them in event design and facilitation. With alumni, this could include having an organising committee for a year of reunion or a department event. You may also shift the balance to focus on converting new community members into active alumni. You will still need to do a little bit of one-to-one engagement, build the trust with new members and encourage them to participate. For example, you might welcome new members every week by name, encourage them to share their story, background or interests. Having other alumni leading on discussions will help too because they'll be leading and demonstrating the behaviours and habits that you've helped to develop with your core alumni group. Your role to develop and grow the community is vital. You've got to be proactive at this stage. At some point, your alumni community will grow and scale. Make sure you are always one step ahead of the game and ensure you've planned for a larger, more engaged community. You want to make sure you are prepared to support that large community. Bringing in volunteers to help manage the community is a good opportunity to motivate your most engaged alumni to continue to add value and be seen as leaders within their community. You may also be thinking about what additional resource you may be able to recruit from within your organisation and or external recruitment to build your alumni management team. At this stage, it's important to instil a sense of community too. Activities, discussions and your narrative will play an important role in creating that togetherness for your alumni. The next stage, stage four, is the maturity level. A number of alumni communities I have worked on or come across haven't made it to this stage. In the maturity stage, circa 90% of the activity or growth is generated by the community. And this may seem like a tall order, and it can take years to get to this stage. You'll also find at this stage the community has a highly developed sense of community. You may find that discussions or activities have digressed from your initial focus and you may also find that growth of the community has plateaued. 
There are some examples of large mature communities that you will have come across or heard of in other areas, such as Mumsnet or TechCrunch. Your role as a community manager at this stage is no longer focused on the micro-level tasks. You should be focused on activities that will have long-term impact, such as optimising and improving the platform functionality, focusing on your user experience, scaling or automating processes. Your volunteers or team members will be handling the micro-activities, such as replying to alumni requests and queries. You and your team may also be involved in managing spam or moderating content that is against the rules of the community. What you'll tend to find at this level is the level of activity per alumni member will peak. As your alumni community moves through the maturity stage, your focus is to hit that plateau where it reaches its maximum potential. And this is perfectly natural. It's the natural course of a successful community. The final stage, mitosis or segmentation, and let's call it segmentation, is reached when your alumni community is pretty much fully self-sustaining. This may feel counterintuitive for a corporate alumni program because there's an element of organisational control because there are internal drivers that you're trying to achieve. I just want to put it out there that a large number of communities, in fact the majority of communities, will never reach this final stage. They'll never get big enough or diverse enough to form multiple sub-communities or segments. However, if you do reach this stage or are hovering at the end of the maturity stage, your role as community manager will need to change again. You may find yourself moving back into some of the micro-level engagement tasks such as facilitating relevant discussions and encouraging new alumni members into active members. You may also find yourself balancing sustaining a healthy, engaged community with supporting one or two or more sub-communities to develop. Working with alumni volunteers to develop these sub-communities will be like going back to the inception stage for these particular groups. You'll need to support the engagement and activity to create a sense of community around that theme or topic. Overall, as an alumni manager, our roles progress as the alumni community progresses through the life cycle. By doing so, and by changing your role up, you're helping to maximise and realise the potential of your alumni network, which will in turn bring fantastic benefits to your alumni and to your business. So there we have it the five stages of the community life cycle. To summarise, the stages in your task in each stage are as follows. Stage one, planning and purpose. Fail to plan, plan to fail. Your planning is critical to your success. Be clear on your goals and objectives, your community management processes, content and understanding the needs of your alumni. Get yourself buy-in internally and externally and make sure your technical support is set up and running. Stage two, inception. Micro-level tasks focused on creating a highly engaged core group of alumni. This is about personal invitations to join the community, initiating discussions, reaching out to individual alumni and encouraging them to share their views, opinions and participate in the discussions you started and building and strengthening individual relationships. Stage three, establishment. You're going to continue with some of those micro-level tasks, but you're also going to lift your head up so you can see the breadth of the network as it grows. 
you're looking to promote growth and encourage alumni to bring in other alumni into the community, so peer-led referrals. You'll also be looking to develop your volunteer network and or prepare for further community development so you have the right resources in place when you need it. Stage four, maturity. Your volunteers or your team members are now going to be focused on the micro-level activities and you're going to be focused on macro-level activities, those that will have long-term benefits, such as automating processes, developing the user experience and optimising your alumni platform. You may also have to moderate content, remove spam and so forth. And finally, stage five, segmentation. If you do get to this stage, you'll be focused on developing relationships with alumni, but also you may find yourself supporting alumni volunteers to develop sub-communities or segments within the community. And this means starting again at the inception stage with these particular segments in order to build a new core of alumni, initiating discussions and encouraging members to participate and engage. I do hope this episode has demonstrated how you can use the Community Lifecycle Framework as a roadmap for your alumni community, but also to understand how your role as a community manager has to change and adapt throughout the lifecycle so you can really help your alumni community reach its full potential. Thank you for joining me again this week on Let's Talk Networks. Remember to visit our website www.relationshipsandnetworks.co.uk where you can access all the podcast episodes on demand. Alternatively, subscribe to the weekly show. A new episode is released every Tuesday. Join me again next week on Let's Talk Networks. <laughs>